Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo! Welcome into the House of L podcast. We appreciate any time that you decide that you are going to grace us with your listenership. I'm Lawrence Holmes. It's been a minute since I've done an episode that is focused um, on some of the bad things that happen inside of media. I, I know that I was trying to tell people about the the situation with the streaming of games and MLB taking over games. And I've been talking to people about how that might look. And none of it is is affecting Chicago right now. But I do think the landscape of how baseball is broadcast could have some ramifications. And I thought that the, the Jerry Reinsdorf buying into Stadium Network was a very interesting move that I think sets the White Sox up very well as it pertains to what happens with their media rights. That's something that I'll get to in another episode. This episode is brought to you by the fine folks over at Noble Oak. They have been a wonderful partner for us. Edrington Spirits. Noble Oak Whiskey, Rye, Bourbon. If you were having celebrations coming up, you're thinking maybe you're having folks over for the 4th of July, whatever. Shoot, maybe you're listening to this in the winter, I don't know. Christmas, whatever you need. They got you taken care of at Noble Oak. So here's what you do. You can go to your your finest liquor establishments. You can also just go to their Facebook page, Noble Oak, or go to NobleOak.com. They're on Instagram, too. The cool thing about them is beyond what flavorful spirits they have, for every bottle of Noble Oak that you buy, get the Noble thing, for every bottle of Noble Oak that you buy, they plant a tree. Renewable resources, man. That's where it's at, brother. Shout out to Edrington Spirits and Noble Oak. I was disheartened by the Athletics' decision to cut back on coverage of baseball overall. I was more disheartened when it was my team, the team that I care about, that they one of the teams that they decided to cut back coverage on. And then you add into it that I really like James Fegan. The reason that he's on the score every week is because I said to Mitch Rosen, that dude needs to be on the payroll. Like, forget about let's just keep asking him. 
Like I, I think that I don't, I don't mind asking my friends occasionally or newsbreakers occasionally to come on if there's a story that's hot. Like I, I believe in the the concept of quid pro quo. But if you're gonna ask someone to come on every week, and James was writing stuff where we were like, we need to talk to that brother every week, then I'll I'll make a plea, like to just give you a little bit of an idea. Each one of the shows on the score kind of has a budget for guests. In some cases, there might be guests that my show wants and the midday and the afternoon show wants and the morning show wants. And then we have to kind of have a lottery or in the case of someone like Steve Stone, who has a long relationship with the score, he'll rotate between the shows and it kind of comes out of everyone's budget. Okay. When I was doing the solo show, I had a budget. My budget is a little bit more limited because my show was only two hours, which was fine. But. I started putting together, I'm like, man, we keep asking people to just come on, and I don't think that that's right. I don't think you can keep asking people to come on. I think a couple times a year, a couple times a quarter, the quid pro quo to me actually I think is worth it, which is an episode that I might get to later on. We'll see. I haven't decided if I'm going to talk about it or not. Um, But in James's case, I was like, we got to put some money in his pocket, you know? Even if it's for a 15-minute hit, the the content is so good, it's worth it. So I was disheartened by the decisions because I – here's the thing. I work around a lot of brilliant people. Now, I would not consider myself one of them, but I am smart enough to realize brilliance when I am in the presence of it. Like Layla, for example. Like, Layla's brilliant. And I'm not even sure the audience understands, like, how smart she is and the levels of conversations that she can have on multiple subjects. And the same is true for James. Like, he's one of those people where you're like, oh, you're different. You see things differently. You, you're inquisitive. And you ask really good questions. So whenever I go out to the ballpark, like that's a guy where if he's asking a question, I'm paying attention to see what the reaction is and what the, the answer is to the particular. I think he's a dope writer. And what I mean by that is I think that he writes pieces that make his readers smarter. And you should be writing stuff that makes people think. One of the things that drew me to The Athletic as an enterprise is what they were asking and kind of allowing writers to do. It wasn't just the perfunctory, here's what happened in the game today. After the game, Pedro Grafol said his team's going to try harder. The White Sox starters for the next series are as planned. Da, 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 da. That is needed. It's very functional. But what the athletic offer was unlimited space for their writers 
to go deeper on subjects, to do in-depth reporting on subjects and not just games, to learn baseball and not just where are the White Sox in the standings, who's on the injured list. It's bigger picture stuff. When they first started and they were new and highly invested, you know, I, you know, I had talked with people, and my math might be wrong on this, and I'm okay if, if I get corrected on it. But I knew in the first couple of years that they had funding. You know, you, you get angel investors, and they're, they're like, all right, yeah, I like this idea. I'll, we'll bank we'll we'll bankroll you for two years or three years or whatever it was. It happens a lot with startup media companies. The flip side of that is, if that thing that they initially invest in shows even an opportunity to be bankable, someone will come to buy it. And when they come to buy it. Those people who buy it, they get to look at it differently. Maybe they don't care as much as the original vision of the athletic, which was to be more in-depth. I want to talk about this as it pertains to clicks. And I know that, like I was saying with Dan earlier this week, I know that that's a pejorative. Oh, you're doing things for clicks. I don't see it as a pejorative. I think that if you are being disingenuous with the audience, specifically to titillate them for clicks, that I don't like. But in most cases, everyone wants... Their, their content to be clicked on, to be listened to, to be seen, to be read. That's the whole goal. To me, the line is, is pretty clear, though. Like, you don't lie to the audience about it. And you don't play games with, like, like in radio. Like I'll give you, I'll give you a, an absurd example of what I'm talking about. In radio, it's not necessarily clicks, although it's grown in that direction too with the way that websites and social media accounts for radio station works. But let's just talk old school analog radio for a second. If Dan is like, hey, stick with us because in the next segment, Michael Jordan's going to call in. And then in the next segment, Michael Jordan doesn't call in and Michael Jordan was never going to call in. To me, that's bullshit. And I do think, and I'm giving, I'm giving an absurd example. But in broadcast, there are similar, not the same, ways that people go about trying to get you to stick around that doesn't have anything to do with someone having like an interesting point of view. Their point of view just might be tailored to try and get you to do stuff. As long as your stuff is legit, as long as you say it with your chest and you feel what you say and you say what you mean, you're supposed to promote it. I want people to listen to this podcast. I want people to listen to the radio show. 
clicks are, are like the way that our content gets out to people. With the way things are going on social media, I do think that people would rather complain about what is not said in a clip that's two minutes long than actually clicking on the corresponding link that gives the entire context of the conversation and answers the questions that are usually in the comments. I notice that happens a lot with Dan and I's content on Instagram. We don't have a lot of time. So you might not, well, why are you talking about this? Well, in the 30 seconds before they started that clip, we were, or the three minutes before, or whatever. Anyway, I'm getting off track. So you're supposed to do things to get people to read. Like, you're supposed to be compelling. And I felt like James's stuff was super compelling. Like I've been saying this week, part of the problem is that there just, there just aren't enough White Sox fans to matter to that metric. And it's disappointing because it feels it feels it feels cruel. And the White Sox aren't the only team. The, the Athletic has cut back coverage on a big like it's basically the haves and the have nots inside of their major league baseball coverage. And now you're asking all of your national writers to do a little bit more, but it's kind of not the same. Like imagine I mean, Ken Rosenthal is pretty locked in, and I think that he's, if there's a breaking news story about the Cubs or the White Sox, like he's going to be on top of it. But if you're trying to figure out how Tim Anderson's knee injury is hindering him from finding his power stroke, Ken's probably not doing that story. But James was. If you wanted to find out about Yasmani Grandal being a better offensive player this year, Ken's not doing that story. James was. If you're trying to find out why the White Sox seem to have, and I'm using air quotes, bad luck when it comes to injuries, Ken's not doing that story. James is going to give you chapter and verse of all the different injuries that have happened since he took over the since he took over the beat and he's going to talk about it in context of the changes that the White Sox have made. All that stuff is super valuable. And it sucks. Like it sucks for White Sox readers that they don't they won't have that going forward. I talked a little bit about it on the radio show. It sucks for the White Sox, too. It, I don't mean this the way that it's going to sound, but it puts them in their place. I'd be, I'd be furious if I were the White Sox. Like, how dare you not? How dare you not think that my team deserves coverage? Now, don't get me wrong. The White Sox want as much favorable coverage as possible, and they should. If I worked for the White Sox, I would be trying to get as much favorable coverage as I could for 
a team that has been below 500 all season long. But the fact that you're not there, like that stuff that we used to joke about on the score where you have people measuring column inches in the paper back in the 90s and stuff. The White Sox, in some cases, still operate that way. They don't like when they want to be invited to the party. They don't like when the Cubs get a majority of the coverage. So they're really not going to like what's going to happen between now and the end of the season. Cubs thing looks like it's turning into something. And unfortunately, the White Sox thing looks like it's not. But, again, that's for the radio show and maybe another podcast. With the Athletic making this choice, it screams about the the haves and the have-nots in Major League Baseball, the hierarchy that is Major League Baseball, how we look at the markets like New York and Los Angeles, the teams in New York and Los Angeles in the Bay Area. Hold on. I promise I'll make a point, even though that seems like it doesn't make sense. We look at them differently, or a team like Atlanta. The White Sox, you're thinking, Lawrence, this is Chicago. We're right there with New York and and, and L.A. You're right. But as I was saying, This, this fan base is small. We're, we're mighty, but we're small. We're loud, but we're small. See what I'm saying? So there's nothing that says that the team should be covered. And I disagree with that. Like the, the day-to-day needs to be covered. But that's where a lot of these companies have choices to make and how they allocate their resources. So I want to talk about that. We'll take a quick time out and then we can discuss. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's talk about allocation. 
And what I mean by that, with football and football coverage, it's easy. In almost every market, I, I, I can't think of one where this isn't the truth, but in every market that has a football team and a baseball team, football is the sport that more people care about. There's less games. There's also less overhead. Sure, you probably have to pay your reporters mileage because usually where the team practices is far away from where they play. For example, I live in Hyde Park. Hallis Hall is 50 miles away from where I live. So getting to Hallis Hall four days out of the week was not a lot of fun. I would get my revenge against my compatriots on game day because I never had to deal with game day traffic because I live five minutes from Soldier Field. It's easy. You're only booking 10 trips a year, and those trips are for one day, maybe two, depending on when the game is. And with like, if we use the Bears as an example, there's one trip that's in a car. There's another trip that that flight is probably $90. I'm talking about Detroit. And the same thing for Minneapolis. Now we're talking about lodging. Usually, I don't know if this is still the case. I should probably ask someone on the Bears beat. The Bears used to set aside a block of rooms for the, the beat in the team hotel. I don't know if they still do that. When I was covering the team up through 2010, they did. Even if they didn't, a lot of the reporters that are smart, like they have all sorts of points and stuff, and they're able to accumulate it. But it's still only one day. You're gone one day. Think about that when we're talking about baseball. Half of the games are on the road, 81 games. you got to get your reporter from wherever it is they are to the next city. They're going to be in that town for at least three days and sometimes four, and occasionally five. You've got to pay for that. You've got to pay for meals to cover that. The model that newspapers or, I know that The Athletic is not a newspaper per se, although they are now being run by a newspaper, which also plays a big role in this. Newspapers, the model that, they run under now, the budgets are razor thin. I mean, you've seen it. You've seen how light your paper version of the Tribune is when it's not Sunday or Monday. You know, I I picked up a Sun-Times a couple weeks ago that was like 43 pages or whatever it is. So there has to be return on investment. Like, I understand that. And it's hard. Like, it's really, really hard to get the... And folks at The Athletic, people who work at The Athletic, whether it's covering baseball or basketball, I've talked to people that have said that the budget doesn't always allow for them to travel to every game. And I'll tell you, the road is sometimes where you get some of your best stories. I don't know why, maybe because there's less TV cameras, because television stations stopped traveling a long time ago. Because the because let me do the math on that. 
let's say I'll just use me as an example. When I was working for Channel 5. So it's 2014, and my bosses want me to go on the road and cover the Cubs. Well, I don't shoot my own video. We're a union shop. Therefore, a union photog, my man Matt Byrne, he's got to go on the trip too. So that's two people that have gone on the trip. That's two flights. That's two hotel rooms for three or four days. And what TV stations figured out, or what they think they figured out, is that no one cares, no viewers care enough about their local sports coverage to warrant it. Big shit happens? Yeah. Cubs are in the World Series. Not only are we sending our sports guy, we're going to send one of our news people to do features. Like, it's worth it. And they'll see, they, they'll probably see a rise in ratings for it. It really stinks. Someone was, Dan and I did a video, we were talking about this, and someone was like, you know you're in a dying industry, right? Yeah. I've been chronicling that on House of L for the last five years. I have colleagues that say that I am a doomsayer. And I'm not. I want everyone to win. I do see a lot of people, a lot of editors, getting in their own way of winning. A lot of program directors getting in the way of winning. Because they're married to old models that are broken and don't work. And that's the thing that happened here. The New York Times is running their business like a newspaper business. And now that they have the athletic, they're looking, they're like, what profit are we getting? Like, what's the return on investment that we're getting from covering the White Sox? That's the hardest part. Because if we're talking about talent, what makes me mad, and I imagine probably makes Fegan mad, he would never say this, but I'll say it for him. He's better than most of the writers on staff. And so, instead of letting him go, why are you not sending him someplace else? Now, I don't even know if James wants that. Like, I don't know if James wants to go, go cover the San Francisco Giants or the Texas Rangers for the rest of the year. Like, I don't know that. It doesn't seem like it was an option for him, though. So, yeah, we live, we're, we're in an industry where we are downcycling. I think I just made that term up. But we're not going in the right direction at all. And I don't know if there's anyone smart enough to get us out of it. I'm a big proponent of owning your own stuff. That's the whole reason the House of L exists. So that I would always have a platform no matter what.
and it's great. And we have not, there was a time when I was very worried about whether we had overgrown. And the cool thing about being a company of one is that I can pull back. I'm the only person that I am beholden to from a profitability standpoint of House of L. Obviously, like the people that I pay, but I can make choices that big companies can't. I'm not public. I'm not, I'm not big. We're profitable, though. Like I can tell you that, and we appreciate your support because that's what makes us profitable. But it's easy when it's a company of one. I barely pay myself. And I try to throw every profit that we have like back into content and ideas and all sorts of stuff. By the way, if you haven't checked out my favorite Cub, my favorite White Sox, the two new monthly podcasts on House of L, you should. Joe Kilgallen did a great job with the first episode of My Favorite Cub. And I heard his next episode is going to be fire. I can tell you that my next episode is going to be fire for my favorite White Sox. So we'll have one coming out a little bit later on in the month. I Anyway, I can, I can cut back from the profitability of Lawrence Co. I can say, oh, I won't pay myself this quarter because I'm going to pay Russ and Tony and Jason. I don't, I don't need to pay myself this quarter because I'm going to offer Joe an opportunity to do a podcast or Layla's going to come and do a couple podcasts, which that's a done deal. We're just trying to figure out the win. She's going to do a few episodes of House of L. But when the company is bigger and it's public and you have shareholders that you have to answer to, you end up making cutthroat decisions that look good on a bottom line, but maybe aren't the best for your overall business. But here's, the, I, I'm not sure that any of them, any of these places that are cutting people really care. And I'm not saying like the individual that has to inform James or whomever is getting laid off. I, from a personal standpoint, I think they care, but I think that this decision shows you that it's, it really is a business. And that part of it is you have to look at it as such. Now, look, I've been disillusioned. Like, even recently, I've been disillusioned with the idea of we want you to be a part of our family. Companies are big on that type of stuff, the type of language. Some places I have felt like that is the case, and other places I have not. But it stinks when it's one thing if you felt like you weren't doing your best or you weren't putting out good content. Like James could look at every one of the pieces that he did and was like, no, this is good content. And it didn't resonate or... They're just not enough fans for it to resonate enough that the athletic slams the brakes on the idea of cutting White Sox coverage. 
Like, that's the business owner in me. The fan in me is irate. I'm a subscriber to the, the Athletic. I love it. It's one of the first places that I, actually it's usually the first place that I go in the morning. I want to read what's going on, like what's hot, what's interesting. Whether it's Patrick Mooney or Sahadev Sharma or James Fegan or Kevin Fishbane. Dan Pompey, like all the guys that I really, really like that are doing cool shit. Like, I want to read that. I want to read those features. And at least for the White Sox, like, I'm I'm SOL. Like, I'm, I mean, I still got the guys that are out there, like Lamont Pope and Scott Merkin, like the guys that are giving us the day-to-day stuff. And that's super valuable, too. But the diversification of coverage, to me, is really important. Like, as a consumer. Like, this next part I'm going to say is going to sound like a diss. It's not. For the most part, if you read Lamont Pope and you read Scott Merkin and you read Daryl Van Scallen, their stories are going to pretty much be the same. There might, their style of writing, like guys have different styles, how they present stuff. But it's, it's about here's the information. This is what was said. Boom. And that's not what you were getting with with James or Sahadev or, or Patrick Mooney. Go go down the list. So I'm, I guess we're we're at the place of like, what do you do? What what is it that our industry is going to do to work through some of this stuff? And I still think that the the worst is yet to come. I expect for there to be, by the time this summer ends, I expect there to be bankruptcy filings. I expect for there to be a ton of jobs lost. I mean, it's already been reported there's going to be like 7,000 jobs lost across ESPN platforms. Some of those jobs are going to be turned into like full-time freelance jobs. But if... If ESPN is susceptible to it, then the entire industry is. Part of the reason that ESPN is susceptible to this is because of cable bundles being not picked up, people cutting the cord, and their investment in rights fees. The rights fees for football and baseball and basketball, it's billions and billions of dollars that we're talking about, and they've got to figure out a way to make a profit. And sometimes a lot of these companies just think that they're going to cut their way and slash their way to profitability. And the good thing is that usually opens the market up for people to get nimble and try new stuff. But then the same thing happens. Like there was an inefficiency in the market when it came to feature coverage because places like Sports Illustrated, it kind of lost their way. 
So here comes the athletic, and they are offering you what feels like a daily sports newspaper with really good features. But the idea is so good that someone's like, I want to own that. And the people who end up owning it are the folks that are, are also trying to make sure that their regular thing is profitable. And there's still questions about whether that is the case. And so my hope is that there are some people who are smart enough to figure out where the inefficiency in the market is. I think individuals are doing a good job of it. I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Like, things are going well with House of L. My guys at Sports, sports Adjacent, like, they started their own LLC. I think Cap's doing amazing stuff on his, uh, on his uh, YouTube page. It honestly inspired me to do a little bit more stuff on YouTube. And as a matter of fact, there's a couple of things on the YouTube page. House of L has its own YouTube page, if you didn't know. If you just search on YouTube, you can check it out. I threw some of the collaborations that I did so they'll always have a place to be. Um, they're available. So I don't know, man. It's dark. And if you've heard me talk about, like, what my future is, there's a very specific reason why – there's two specific reasons why when you hear me talk now about my future in the business – I don't see it beyond two years. Well, I guess technically there's three reasons. One, I have a contract with the score that's up in two years, which is great. I feel, I feel very taken care of by the fact that that's the case. Like I, I'm honestly like appreciative that I got the length of the deal that I did because I was not expecting it. I thought it was going to be like a one-year experiment. Luckily, the experiment's gone really well. Two, I think I might want to do some stuff, different stuff, before I turn 50. I know that's like, why is that a magic number? I don't know. But, you know. And three, I don't think that anyone in our industry right now can project where the industry is going to be in two years. There might be something that comes along that completely changes my mind. Or House of L might grow into something that is worth me doing every single day, giving more of myself to more often. And, and I'll tell you that it is moving in that direction. Like, I have a lot of ideas, and there are a lot of different people that I want to get involved. Part of that is us still relying on you, the audience, I don't mean donations. Like, if you want to give donations, Red Circle is the platform that we're on, and you can give them, like, on... If you just go look at the House of L Red Circle page, you can literally donate to the podcast. So we're not turning it away. But what I mean is, is... People talk about... Like, even in the way that they talked about James. Like, oh, man, you know, it's too bad. I'll follow you wherever you go. But they be lying. Did you have a subscription to the athletic or were you like, man, I'm not paying for that. I'll get the news from the guys on the score. Or I'll hear it in these streets or I'll see the widget on Twitter. 
on James's feed. The support of you caring about us is a big deal. I don't want to discount that. But if you're really supportive, like if you're listening to this podcast, did you write a review? Did you give us five stars? Because if you did that, thank you. And secondly, it actually helps. It's something that would take you two minutes to do. And you could make a real difference in, like, the placement of House of L. But did you have a subscription to The Athletic? Or were you someone that was just in, in James's mentions, like, oh, that's too bad, dog? Because if you were a White Sox fan and you had a subscription, you could have been helping them out just by clicking on the stories. But I get it. There's a lot that we are being asked to subscribe to and consume. And people have budgets. But in the end, in the in the end, you have more power than you realize. If this stuff matters to you, say it with your wallet, not just a fist in solidarity. Now, the fist in solidarity is cool. I'll get off my soapbox. I know how people are. And you start talking about spending their own their money. I'm not trying to spend your money. I'll just... It makes me sad because I, I saw all the people that in his mentions, and I'm like, you know, I'm counting it up. I'm like, had 20% of these people been clicking on his stuff, and 10% of these people that didn't have subscriptions bought subscriptions, we wouldn't be in this mess. But I digress. I've already talked too much, and I haven't talked enough about Noble Oak. Noble Oak is great. Edrington Spirits, we have uh, really loved our first quarterly campaign with them. It's been great. NobleOak.com, if you want to check it out, they plant a tree for every bottle that you buy. It's really, really great. One more thing, and then I'll I'll be done. And I know I've already talked too long, way longer than I was expecting to talk, but I'm passionate about the subject matter, which is part of the reason the House of L exists in the first place. <sighs> I know that the initial visceral reaction, like where you actually are, like using your money as power, is to divest. Because you're angry. And you say, you know what? Screw the athletic. Now here's the thing. You might be right about screw the athletic. But there are still incredible journalists there that let this act as a warning. 
for my peeps that are in Chicago, if you like Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney, read their stuff. Don't just hit the like button on Twitter. Read it. And then they actually have a like button at the bottom of the articles. That's how they were tracking this stuff, y'all. You want great Bears content? Read what Kevin Fishbane is doing. And and hit the like button on that at the bottom of the... Read what Dan Pompey is doing. If you're someone that likes Bulls coverage, read what Darnell is doing. He does phenomenal Bulls coverage. But you got to support it. And it's not just, yeah, brother, man, you know, keep doing your thing, man. Keep doing your thing. No. Read it. When Darnell told me that he was doing his Substack money talks, I was one of the first people to pay a subscription for it. Because I got to walk it like I talk it. I saw someone suggest on James's Twitter, oh, just do your own thing, man. And I'm, you know I'm with that. But the problem is, is that same fucking person that tells James to do his own thing, when he charges for his Substack, they're not going to subscribe. Oh, I'm not going to pay for that, though. Congratulations on your Substack, though. All right, I'm done. So I'm just going to start getting mad from here. And that's not my intent. Good luck to James Fegan. He's brilliant, and I think that he'll be fine. But I also know how much it hurts to get laid off from a job that you love. And there's some processing that has to happen before that. So I hope that he doesn't rush into the next opportunity just because it's the next opportunity. That man is the top free agent in our business right now. And he should listen to everybody. Shoot, if I had more money, House of L would be right there. <laughs> but I don't. Although if he wanted to do a bi-monthly podcast, I could, I could pay him for that. Hmm. I'll talk to you next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free.
That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.